Greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's a great day God has given to us today that we can come together and read His Word and hear what He's saying to us. I'm Tim Gostube and I love Jesus Christ and I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Today we call, it's a Salsa Sunday. We are looking into Psalm 139. We are learning about the goodness of God, His omniscience, His omnipresence, and His knowledge about us as human beings. It's a wonderful psalm. It will teach you and encourage you to know that God is in every situation you go through. Please sit down and listen and hear what God is saying to you. Today you will be taking Psalm 139. You searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hear me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will uphold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that fully well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, Your eyes saw my unfolding body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of the sea, of the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you, God, will slay the wicked away from me. You who are bloodthirsty, they speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offense way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, the verses we've just read 
we are reading about God's goodness and his knowledge, his presence everywhere, and who he is before humanity. This is the one of the Psalms recorded to be the Psalms of David collection. Psalm is different, it is given in a different or in different uh, uh, sections, book one to book five. So this is one of the book. This is in the last books, but it is a Davidic, Davidic uh, reco recording or collection. Now, in this collection, we are seeing a petition made by someone before God. Now, if you read the last uh, verses, I think it's the last the verses before the last two of this very chapter, you get to understand what is actually happening. One can argue that this is a petition that is made by someone who is persecuted or someone who is accused of doing something that is wrong. Now, the person has been convicted of the crime, yet he or she is no, she is uh, actually innocent. Now, he knows that it's like when you've done something and they are accusing you of you have done this, you have stolen something or you have said something that you have not done you are sure you never did it and nobody believes you for that and then you say at least God knows it's like this person is sitting down and thinking oh my God knows that this thing I never did so this uh, kind of uh, uh, sum gives the thought the thought the last verses I talked about which is uh, verse uh, 19 to verse 22 they reflect that because the person is talking about the wicked people. So you can argue that this is psalm talks about that. But also we can say this is a psalm of by someone who is just thinking about the goodness of God, thinking about God's deep knowledge about his life, about whatever is there in him. So we get now to understand what is actually happening. Some, they say this is a general hymn. We know very well that some were chants that were said by the children of Israel when they, actually, uh, they were gathering for something or maybe a ceremony, a, a yearly event to worship God and whatever they were doing. So this is one of their recording. If we look at, from verse 1 to verse 6, we see the recording of God's knowledge, omniscience, God knowing everything about a person. Like water put in a clear glass, that is very clear, you can see the water, you can see through. Even if you drop a tablet or whatever you drop in the water, you can see. That is how we are before God. This is the understanding that this person is bringing here. He's saying, you have searched me, Lord. You know me. I like this version that says, you looked deep into my heart, Lord. That's the CEV. One of the things that we need to know is that just like the water in the glass, Nothing is hidden before God. The person just there starts there. That there is nothing hidden before God. You know everything about me. You search my heart. Why the heart? Because the heart, it is the center of decision making of a person. That's where everything is decided in a human being. So if the heart, if God is able to know the heart, all these verses that we will, we will read, talk about something descending from the heart that's coming out from the heart. God looks beyond the heart as in beyond what we see as human beings.
and he understands the heart, the decision-making of the person, the deep insight of the person God knows. If you read Romans 8 verse, 20, uh, verse 27, it says, And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So I, I normally argue that uh, why is we, we, we know that God knows every language? If it were me, I wouldn't mind as God to try to memorize or know all the languages. But I would decode the source of the, the talking. That's what God does. Sure, God knows all the languages that are there on earth. But because he can decode, decode the heart, which is the same for every person, the heart, every person has the heart. So he knows everything. There is no language in the heart that can be understood by a person, but it is only God who knows those deep decisions. So God knows us. He searches our heart. Never deceive yourself and say, God doesn't know this. Even your deep thoughts are so pure before him. Now, he says in verse 4, before a word is out of my tongue, Lord, you know it. Before I say whatever the whole sermon God knows, each and every word I'm going to say, he knows that. Before I say every, anything before God, it is clear before you because you are God. He decodes whatever is in our heart. God know, knows everything. I want to go back a little bit. Now, he, this writer is then saying, God, you know my sitting down and when I rise. You see, he doesn't only know the internal person or the soul and uh, what we cannot see with the physical eyes, like the thoughts of a person, but God even knows the practical things that we are doing. He knows I'm blinking. He knows my hand is doing like this. He knows I'm moving a little bit. He knows every step of your way. God knows us. Each and everything that happens in our lives, God knows. It's so amazing to know that God cares for our little things that we do. He knows each and every step. Even if you are farming, uh, you have chickens or whatever you do, it is pretty clear before God. As you watch this, maybe you are watching on TV, you are listening as a podcast, whatever way you are getting this message, God knows what is actually happening. There is nothing as pleasing as knowing that the almighty God knows everything that we want to do, we want to say, and he knows everything that we feel. Even if you're feeling cold, God knows that. If you're feeling hot, God knows that. Even if you're hungry, God knows that. God knows our everything. This cements our faith in this God. This is a God who knows us. Listen, it doesn't necessarily mean we have to report these things, that God, I'm sitting down now. God, I'm walking now. God, I'm talking now. He knows what we are doing because he is an omniscient God. Now, he knows what we want to say. And he then gives us even the words to say. He said to, 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 to Moses uh, at some point in time where he was afraid to speak to Pharaoh. He said, now go, I will help you to speak and will teach you 
what to say. That is the book of Exodus chapter 4 verse 12. God actually even gives us the way to speak. That's why Jesus says in Luke 12 verse 11 to 12, uh, to 12, he says that when they take you, these people, when they accuse you and take you into the synagogues or before the courts, before the judges, don't worry about what you'll say, but I'll give you exactly what to say at that particular time because he's God. God controls us. There's nothing we hide up against God or we can hide for our Lord, our God. But now I want to talk about verse 5 that talks about the protection that God says. With, and with your powerful arm, you protect me from every side. You see, God protects, having known all those things, knowing you're sitting down, you're rising up, you're sleeping, you're waking up and everything, he also protects Psalms 32 verse 11 says, Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. The God protects us. This is a wonderful psalm. And such knowledge gives us joy. Just knowing God has protected you. God knows everything you are going through. He knows what you are doing. You are all transparent before him. There is nothing hidden for him, before him. That is our God. You cannot lie to him because actually he knows everything. Even if you tell him I'm in Manzini yet you are not, you are not there, God knows exactly where you are. One of the things I've learned in my life is to pray to God, assuming I'm looking for something and I'm not, uh, I can't find it and say, Lord, I need, say, maybe it's my cell phone. I can't see it. No, Lord, I know you know exactly where it is. Please lead me to where it is. I started doing those things, praying for things when I can't see them. I was thinking maybe at primary school or maybe at high school. And I don't want to lie. Most of the time, if not all the time, after making that prayer, I'll go straight to the thing where it is. God will direct me because he knows where things are. God knows everything. Now, we want to take verse 7 to verse 12, what it is talking about now. Now, this is talking about God's omnipresence. God being in every place we go through. Everywhere we are, God is there. Now, he asks a question, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Where can I? Because God is everywhere. God is everywhere. I want to quote this thing. I want to quote, uh, maybe before I, get, I quote to this, I, let me just read Jeremiah 23 verse 24. That says, who can hide in the secret places so that I cannot see them, declares the Lord. Do I not feel the heavens and the earth? declares the Lord. He knows everything. God knows everything and he's in every place. We know of uh, some astronauts who talk of communicating with God, not in, in, in something extraordinary, but people who have prayed, they've continued their uh, normal life because astronauts are just people like us. So they have their religious part of life. So some of them are Christians that have been to space. These people, in the highest places we can regard, they speak about God. One of the people I'll quote about, John Glenn, one of the astronauts who died at the age of 95, he told the reporters in 1998 that whilst he was on his final trip to space, 
because he was a Christian and the life of a Christian, you pray on a daily basis, he used to pray to God. We also learn of some of the astronauts who have been to space and because there's internet up there where they are, they've continued to communicate, uh, to, they've continued to watch some services that are live streamed and whatever is happening that is available on the internet and they can connect to God. So they find God. They don't talk of a void that they feel when they get to space. God is in the highest places. God is in the highest places, in the highest, you can think God is not there. Up on the plane, God is there. Everywhere you go, God is there. If you also talk about the deepest part of the earth, this is what is amazing. This is amazing. It says, even if I make my bed in hell or in shell or in the depth of the, of the earth, God is there. Do you know that God owns hell? The devil does not own hell. God owns it. The hell belongs to God. It's only that he made it for those who disobey him. He is there. That's the wrath of God is there because the people in hell experience the, 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 the wrath of God. God's presence is there in a the form of wrath. If you also just talk from the other understanding of Shaul, when we talk about the core of the earth, where there are molten rocks and uh, we're talking about the volcanic magma, down in the core of the earth, you will find God exactly there. God is alive in the secret place. Where can I go? The author first talked about God in the highest place and God also in the lowest place. Now he also talk about, talks about God in everywhere. He says that in the wings of the dark, of the dawn, if I settle there as far as you can be, as the, the furthest place you can think you can be, God is there. In all the planets, God is there. In the furthest place on earth you can actually go to, you will always find God. God is in any situation, the deepest pit, the, where you think everything is gone, you can call on his name and he will change your situation and he will answer you. If I can just add, the other thing that is important that we know about God is that in the darkest place, the darkest place, God is there. He says in verse 12, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like day for darkness is as light to you. You see, as human beings, we know that when it gets dark, we cannot see. We need either some light that we can use to make us see whatever is happening. And it has a limit. You can't see uh, at night as far as the, as the day. We drive cars. You can uh, put the, the lights on with the beam or you bright your car, but it cannot go as far as the day. But here we learn about God. He can see everything, even at night. What a mighty God we serve. It can also be night in your life. Not maybe the real night that we see when the sun is not there. Darkness in your life. When the life sorrows make you feel life is day, is dark, and there's nothing you can see. You cannot see the future. God is there and he sees the future. Don't lie, don't deceive yourself and tell yourself that you can 
do some things that you can commit sin because God cannot see at night. I mean, seriously, it's, it's evident uh, before God. You cannot kill a person at night and thinking God is not seeing or doing all uh, evil acts, thinking God doesn't see. it Before God, it is all clear. Light, darkness is more like light to God. There is nothing he cannot see because he is, he is a mighty God. I want us to take a verse 13 to verse 16 that talks about God's unlimited power. If we read verse 13, For you created my innermost being. You need me together in my mother's womb. Wow. You are not a mistake on this earth. No one is born on this earth by mistake. No one. God needs a person in the heart. He needs person. When you are formed at fertilization, God already knows Temgos is coming to the earth. And he knows the number of days that I will live. The author here says, you know the number of days and before one of them I lived, you calculated them, you knew them. The error with us human beings, you can, we, we know someone's, we count, let me use that term, we count someone's age based on the date of birth. But actually, I remember one of my friends saying, we are not sure of a person's age because life starts at fertilization. A, a life comes to being. Those who know biology, they will tell you when the child starts to, li to live, when life is there. Because God is there. He knows what is happening. And he forms you from that little, little micro organic, uh, that micro, whatever they call it, design God. He forms you until you are passing. We can see you. You are born. Wow, somebody is born. God knows us. You are formed together. You were formed in God's womb. He knew you were going to be a boy. You were going to be a girl. You will be born in that country, in that location. And you will grow in that family because God chooses our families. Nobody chooses to be born uh, from a certain family, from a poor family or from a rich. But God chooses, chooses for you and he brings you to this earth because he has a purpose. Each and every one, God has a purpose for him. In your making, God makes you wonderfully. He says, I'm wonderfully made, fearfully and wonderfully made by God. In the secret place, God has made you. You are God's doing. You are made by his own hands. He moves. If you're talking about something woven, you're talking about something like a, like a jersey that is handmade, something woven. He moved. He, you, you made me. That, you see, when you, you're knitting a jersey, you're knitting, you're knitting, that thing is woven. It's made deep down in it. You hear people saying your days are numbered. But it's true. Our days are really numbered. Everyone's days are numbered. Don't be threatened by someone who say, you see, eh, your days are numbered. Sure, my, just agree. Sure, my days are numbered. God knows when I'm going to die. But they're never set by you. You can never set my days. God knows that. 
Now, I want now to come to the part that I referenced earlier uh, that talks about the wicked. It reveals something about the author of this, uh, this uh, psalm, that he, it's like he is uh, accused by the wicked. These are the wicked people who have actually uh, accused him. They are thirsty for his blood. They are bloodthirsty. These are people who actually have accused him of whatever they, he has done. It might be someone who believed in the Lord God, but they want to accuse this person. Maybe they were, let's say they are worshipping Baals and he has refused not to worship the Baals. And they are accusing him and they are bloodthirsty because they want to see, to kill that person. And in that action, we also learn that they want to kill their bloodthirsty. They want to kill the, the person and further they speak evil of God. That's what this first verse is, is saying. They speak evil of God. So he is accusing, he is, is revealing what this uh, author uh, is, is experiencing. But he says, I've got nothing but hatred for them. In other words, he doesn't agree with whatever they are doing about their, his God or doing whatever those evil sayings they are doing or those evil acts they are saying about their God. He does not agree, but he maintains his relationship with God. We see a person who trusts in God, regardless of whatever people are saying. Don't, don't be uh, discouraged as a Christian when people uh, accuse you of doing what is right. Just come to this uh, psalm. Lord, you know me. You know what is happening. They accuse you maybe of corruption. And you know very well you are clean. You are doing what is stipulated in the code of conduct of whatever you are doing. You are free because God knows you. Now let's get to the last part of our sermon which is verse 23 and 24. Here we, we, we see the person making a petition to God now. After all what he has said about the goodness of, uh, the goodness of God, God knowing him in and out, God being available in his life, knowing wherever he is. And now also saying that uh, he's not in agreement with what uh, the, his enemies are doing and uh, the enemies who are speaking evil about God. Now he says, God search me. It's like he's actually even adding that God searching me, oh God, and continue to know my heart and test me and know my anxious thoughts. Those thoughts that he referred to in the earlier verses that you know my deep thoughts before I speak, Lord, you know it. See if there is any offense in me and lead me in the way everlasting. The person has a desire for God. So what is this psalm saying to us as we have read it today? And is ministering to us. We see someone who is making a petition to God. It is giving us assurance of God in our life, in our lives. God being part of us, knowing us each and every moment, each and every thought, each and every situation we face, each and everything as human beings, God, we, we go through, we, we face. God is there. Even in your lowest point in life, the time of sadness, depression, where you feel you are lost, God knows that. This psalm gives us this assurance. 
In the times of happiness where everything is going well, you are so happy, business is good, you have got lots of money, or you are successful in whatever endeavor you are in, God is still there. You may be in a, hot, in, in, in a holiday, in a faraway space or whatever, God is still there. Just like John, who, Jonah, who was in the belly of the fish, if we read about him, he was deep down in the sea. But we learn that he called on the name of the Lord and God answered his prayer. So whatever situation you can face in your life, God is there. We Today we are assured of God's presence in our lives. He is there. So do not be afraid to call his name in whatever situation. God is in our lives. Don't be afraid. Maybe you're in a lonely room or you stay alone. Don't be afraid. God is there to protect you. Even if people threaten you, saying your days are numbered, don't, don't worry. God knows your days. And even people say you are useless, you were born from a mother, or maybe you are born out of wedlock. I mean, some people can be so uh, insensitive and talk those words that can make you feel you are a mistake on this earth, that can make you feel you are useless, that can make you feel you don't belong to anybody, you don't belong to a family. God is saying to us, he knew us. Deep down when we were formed in our mother's womb and we are wonderfully made. Well, that's the end of our session today and I believe God has ministered to you through his word and your life is a little bit changed now than it were before God has ministered to you. Now we know that God knows everything about us and he's there in all the situations that we go through. Just put our trust in him and one day we'll meet him face to face and be surprised and be happy on his goodness and that God, you've been good to me. Let's enjoy his presence in our lives and live a life of trusting in him. May God richly bless you. Till we meet again. Goodbye.